Today's episode is being sponsored by Kingsley 1945 watches. To check out the Kingsley 1945 collection, go to www.amitdevhonda.com and click on the Kingsley 1945 collection on the upper right-hand corner. On today's episode, I speak to friend, colleague, and fellow watch enthusiast Randy March. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. going on there watch fans i'm on the phone with good friend and fellow watch enthusiast randy march how you doing randy i'm good on that how you doing pal good man thanks for making this sunday available for me to do this um it's really something i've wanted to do for a long time for those of you who don't know randy's like he's like a veteran in the in the world of hospitality um when i lived in la 2008 to 2010 um, Randy was a very, very key person for me because I would go out and I would network. Um, he was the head bartender at that time of the Montage Hotel in Beverly Hills. And um, Randy, you want to kind of tell people how we met? I remember, I guess you had, you had met a guy named uh, Israel first, Izzy. And right. I think Izzy may have told you that I had a, a, you guys were talking about watches. And Izzy said, oh, you got to meet Randy. He has a Panerai or something. Because I, I had a bunch of watches, but I used to wear my Panerai pretty often. And then uh, in one day you walked, and uh, there was it, you know. A friendship happened immediately. It was you know? instantaneous. And actually that day, Randy was wearing a white dial Explorer 2 um, on his wrist. And uh, it, it was awesome because it, was, it wasn't like it took a minute or two. It was literally like immediately. And we formed this incredible friendship. Randy's also from the East Coast like me. He's a New York guy. Uh, he's been in L.A. for, I'd say, more than half his life, right, at this point? Uh, yeah, no, yeah, I tried more than half my life, actually, you're right. And yeah. uh, just that sensibility of meeting someone from the East Coast, and, you know, I mean, this was just my experience. When I lived on the West Coast, what I experienced with you within two minutes of meeting you, that connection, it, it I mean, there are people I've known longer than you that I still it feels like I'm meeting for the first time every time I meet them. So with you, it was something that um, I think we just connected. And sometimes you can't explain it for, for whatever reason that it just happens. And um, yeah, like an instant fast forward, like we've been friends for years. And, with, and uh, you know. absolutely. absolutely. Yeah, and we were both extreme smart asses, which didn't, <laughs> doesn't, doesn't hurt, you know, kind of got each other's sense of humor. That was a big part of it. Yeah, and it kind of, you know, like spending time with Randy reminded me so much. It's almost like the show Entourage, how they kind of just, uh, you know, like they just take the piss out of each other all the time. And that's kind of what Randy and I do in a way that not, not, with not without hurting each other. So Randy, I mean, you've seen it. I'd say you're one of the few people, because I get a lot of people who, listen to my podcast and a lot of people as well who haven't heard, who haven't worked with me and not only have you observed me working kind of in my own element behind the bar because um, that's really where I hone my craft and sort of networking at high-end bars and restaurants mm-hmm. you've seen it firsthand not just from that perspective but also as a client of mine recently right um, can you uh can you kind of like for those people who are like well, how do you just go about meeting someone at a bar and they become your customer? Can you kind of explain, like, you've seen it from, you know, very high-profile people who ran 
you know, similar platforms to Facebook that I worked with. Right. You've seen, you've, you've seen it really at its, you know, at its most kind of infancy because that's where I developed it. But you've also seen it, you know, you know, 12 years later as a con- customer yourself. Can you explain that to people? Yeah. I mean, often it starts with someone maybe wearing a watch and someone complimenting you. And I think men in particular, you know, we don't wear a lot of jewelry, right? So watches are kind of the really only expression you have. And guys love watches. And you start, you know, you connect right away on that, that very rudimentary kind of subject. Oh, watches. And, uh, you know, they have, a lot of guys don't know about watches. So they'll, they'll ask you questions and you know a lot and give them a little bit of your background, <clears throat> you know, and then they, uh, you know, and they, they see that, they they might be getting robbed if they go to a uh, a retail store to buy something brand new or, you know, then they, you know they realize there's another avenue to buying watches, you know, and through through like someone like yourself, a broker, another fellow collector or whatever. So um, it's generally you know it was never a, you never a hard sell. I never saw you like hard sell anybody. You know people always kept asking you, asking you, and you just sort of opened up to them and you know could I could you get me this? And it's like you know pretty much. You can get anybody anything, you know, if they're willing to pay for it. Sometimes, as we know, there's watches out there that are just not not a shot. You can't walk into a store and buy a Rolex, a certain Rolex these days. It doesn't matter where you, you could be in Dubai, you could be in New York, Beverly Hills. They just don't have them. But, you know, people like you and, and me, you know, we actually can find them, you know. Absolutely. So, absolutely. Yeah. Randy actually is a uh, transition, not from a man to a woman, but from <laughs> – <laughs> from um you know his, not really transitioned but also added this to his yeah. repertoire where he is now also doing what I do um in his own way and I think that's really awesome and Randy what sort of like would you say like over the years kind of informed your decisions on buying certain watches versus others when did that passion grow when did it explode uh for you to actually want to do this as a side gig I, I bought my first real serious timepiece, I think, in 1985. I bought a, a, Rolex, a stainless Rolex Datejust. Uh, I still have it to this day. It's, you know, it's a very sentimental watch. It's a 30, simple 36-millimeter, you know, it's, but it's classic, you know, and I'm not a big guy, so it actually works on me just fine. But I will say my uh, – <laughs> you actually have had a lot to do with, uh, you know, watches that I might have thought were okay back then. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> you, you may have fooled me a little bit, but stay the hell away from those. But uh, you know, but. listeners, I apologize if your ears start bleeding about hearing certain brands. Yeah, I had nothing; those brands where your ears start bleeding, I had nothing to do with. I'm just yeah, giving you that yeah. disclaimer. But go on, Randy. No, but uh, I, you always, uh, I think, put a value on things that are kind of timeless, right? I mean, there's just certain watches that are never going to be out of style, right? You can beautiful Pateks. Rolexes, um, they're just never going to go away. That's why you see guys handing them down to their sons generation after generation. So, you know, something that's in there for the I, – I, my own personal thing is something that's kind of in there for the long haul. Now, you know, there's a lot of trendy watches, which are wonderful. You know, if you like – there's all kinds of stuff you can buy. There's Hublots, there's, you know, different things like that. Maybe not exactly everybody's cup of tea, but that's fine. But I, I tend to like more like uh, – more more classic stuff. Like I, I'm at certainly tailored my, my – Help me tailor my my taste in watches, you know, like you know something like this that's gonna be timeless, you know, no pun intended, but that's that's sort of uh I think 
how you guided me, like stainless steel is, you know, never like a Paul Newman, you know, something that's never going to go out of style. So, yeah, yeah, in that sense, I'd, I'd say you helped me a lot. Oh, that's kind of you to say. I mean, I, I think, Randy, you always had really classic taste. I mean, you had a PEM 88. I mean, you're, it's not like you're new to the watch game. I know you got your Rolex in 85, so you started collecting as soon as really 85. But when did yeah. you get your when did you get your Panerai? I think I got the Panerai in like 2004, maybe 2003. You know, okay, I wore so, the Rolex for a long, the, you know, a couple of Rolexes for a long time. Um, but uh, and yeah, you had you already had your sorry, you already had your Explorer yeah, too. Explorer too. So, yep. So you got your your uh, your Datejust in '85, and then your Explorer two. Did you get that like in the mid '90s or something? I got the late '90s, and then I, I got a I got a Submariner, nice stainless sub, which uh, regrettably cool. I sold, which I wish Shit. I hadn't because uh, you know they're trading at over double the price easily now what I paid for it. Yeah, um, you know it's it's hard to foresee that kind of stuff. Yeah, uh, yeah. Who'd have thought, right? But you know, I you, think you and I often. I'm sorry. Go ahead, go ahead my friend. So you and I often talk about how you know you could have walked into any authorized dealer, any authorized Rolex dealer, and buy anything you want. Really, there was they have every they had Daytonas in there, they had subs, they had you know any you know explorers. Now you go into any authorized Rolex, all there are you know there's a few Datejust, and I always say there's always like two you know yellow gold Yachtmaster twos that are on the shelf forever. You know that that just they just don't have any any inventory. There's no so, product to be had. Yeah, and it, no one would have known that really. It's a different brand. It's a different business model. It's uh, I've never seen anyone control supply and demand like Rolex. I think it's just uh, they've set the trend. They are the leader for a reason. And mm-hmm. um, would you say, Randy, like the experience of going into a store, maybe when you were growing up, because you've obviously had some very nice watches from 85 to now, um, would you say the experience of it all it felt more experiential at then opposed to now because yeah. of. Yeah, uh, no, I, I agree. Yeah. Because maybe people, maybe because the, there wasn't that much information available at that time. There was no internet. There were, you, you, you had to go to a store to find out, or you had to buy a massive fucking book yeah. to, and read about it. You couldn't just, it wasn't a click of a button like it is now. And that also discount watches. <laughs> Right, you right. Know, they used to discount Rolexes. Now, now if you you have a uh, you know white white you know uh, dial Panda uh, Daytona, you'll get laughed out of the store. You know, it's like this is, it's not going to happen. You know, they just you can't find them. So, but there was a time when you could literally find anything. I remember I was in the in uh, the Bahamas, and you know, there's a lot of really nice watch stores in the Bahamas because people are generally on vacation. They have money. You know, you could pick anything you wanted, and now I'm sure it's probably the same sort of cupboards are bare kind of thing. Would you agree, sir? Absolutely. Yeah. No, no, no. Yeah. I mean, I, I think, like, I don't know. I kind of miss those days. I mean, obviously, I was involved in the watch business behind the counter, so I can just tell you from me being behind the counter for, you know, 25 years that I definitely enjoyed those experiences with people. And, I, I mean, yes, there definitely was more flexibility on discounts and stuff like that before these brands became more corporatized and they were more concerned about the bottom line than I think the experience. I think Mm. that's, that's the difference now. Um, And you feel it because, you know, you feel like you're just another number, right? As opposed to. Yeah. Yeah. I I had a, uh, I went into a, one of the nicer uh, authorized dealers out here 
and they, they have all all kinds of uh, you know different brands. The Prolex being the big one. And uh, the guy just flat out told me, and you know he's a terrific salesman. He's a nice guy. He wasn't pushy. Uh, he flat out said, "Look, if you want any kind of stainless sports watch, he goes, you're going to need to buy maybe three or four of the less desirable ones to get on the list of someone we might call when something comes in, like a Pepsi or a Batman." So just to, to get on, just to get yeah. on the list. Yeah, and you have to spend you know thirty grand maybe, or you know buying watches that you know were fine. But I mean, I'm, you know, I already have a Datejust. I don't need two more. You know. So, Actually, uh, Randy has one of the coolest day chests I've ever seen. I've seen millions of day chests from that year, but I've never seen the dial configuration that Randy has. It's probably one of the coolest dials I've ever seen. It's a white dial with jet black printed Roman numerals. And, um, you know, he was one of, like, I remember seeing that when I was selling Rolexes and always, because there was another dial with Roman numerals, but it wasn't as bold as yours is there was a mm. lot of other crap going on yours is really fucking iconic like you look at that dial and you're like that is class you know what i mean uh, now you put me in a little bit of a quandary because uh, it's going in for service this week <clears throat> the original dial that came with that was a dark gray tapestry the lines right and, right and right. i bought that yeah and i bought that from rolex the the uh, the white dial i got that from rolex one time and they swapped it out and i've always kept even though I lost it for 10 years, I just found it. I've always kept the tapestry dial, and I was thinking of just swapping it out next week and make it go back to look how it was originally. I mean, I can always swap it out there and again, but it's just the white ones, you're right, it's been on there so long. It's, that's how I almost think of the watch. I don't remember how it looked when it, how it came, you know, out well, of the box. It will be a nice refresh, and the fact that you can do it any time makes yeah. it that, that much sweeter, right? And, um, yeah, yeah. Which leads me to, I know that, you know, I know the person that you're going to, I think the person you're going to do that with is through Chad's guy, right? Correct. Yeah. yeah. And so Chad, Chad was the former boutique director, actually the first boutique director in the world for Panerai. And I introduced Randy and Chad, uh, at like when I was in LA right. and actually I was speaking to Chad yesterday and he was like, yeah, we were talking about you because we both love you, Randy. You've always, you've been an amazing you, friend man. to both of us. And uh, Chad was like, that's right. You introduced me to Randy. I was like, yeah, yeah man, like, b- back in the day. So it's amazing that, you know, like I've moved around. I've been, I lived in Vegas for 10 years and Randy and Chad are like almost like best friends, which is yeah, awesome. We chat, every, we chat every day. Yeah. You know, and it's awesome. And I love that. I love that you guys are close. Randy, you were also one of the few people like during that time where, you know, I went to the montage at that time for a specific reason. I went to network and I went to meet people. But after a while, it became so much more than that uh, for me because you guys were essentially became my family. You know, I, that's how it felt, at least at that time, that it didn't feel right if I didn't see you like one night. It didn't feel I'm sure you at times you were relieved. God, I don't have. Nah, to nah. But, but, but you're right. It is like family. You're right. It is. And I don't think I've ever had uh, such amazing moments with, you know, I mean, it really was like cheers. I mean, you yeah. had you had celebrities that were just perusing through that room. You had billionaires who owned sp- local sports teams in that room that yeah. the, the only people he wanted to hang out with was us. Right. You know, yeah. well, a little and, bit of stylish and otherwise madness, you know. Absolutely. And it was like. You know, we had people that were, you know, just 
all kinds of professors and eccentric people. I mean, I know it sounds like Gilligan's Island, but fuck, man. No. It, Star Wars it, bar. You know? It was, it, we had, you know, Big Mike. We had, yeah. we had all these different characters and people. A, a, a little person. We, we had a little person besides myself that was, that was just all personality. And it, oh, yeah. it was all, it was one specific night. It was Halloween. I want yeah. to say it was, this was two, two, 2009. Nine, um, okay, yeah. Because, because uh, I think the following year I had started working with Miro, and then I left, uh, I left L.A. in 2010 and, and, and end of November. So it was 2009, and I, that day, that one Halloween was probably the best Halloween I've ever had. Um, and even, like, if you were to ask the people who were there uh, who I'd mentioned, I, I bet you they would say, yeah, it was probably yeah. one of the mo- most memorable yeah. Halloween. Still talk ever. about it, yeah. yeah. Um, one person in particular told me he still remembers that night. At that time, I was, and even now, I, I'm a huge fan of it, but at that time, I remember telling Randy about this brand that was very boutique. It was kind of like, it felt like another Panerai. I had sold that brand in 2006, 2007, and I think I was telling Randy about it in 2009, uh, 2008 and nine, and he was he liked it so much the Metro. Um, oh yeah. yeah. What what was it about that watch for you that you were just like? I mean, I know I told you about it and I wore one and I and yeah, you, you had it. one. That's right. Yeah. Uh, uh, but you know, what, it just looks like nothing else, right? I mean, it's a an offset crown. It looks like a tire pressure gauge, and it's purely a watch without a date, without anything. And uh, it's just, I've only ever seen one other person. I, one night I sat down at, at uh, there's a restaurant called Medeo uh, in, in, in the Beverly Hills area. And I happened to sit next to a guy and he had one on and we looked at each other like, Jesus, where'd you get that? You know, I've never seen one before, you know, anyone else wearing them. And they're, they're not cheap watches. I mean, they, were, they go up to what, 50, 60 grand on the high end ones. That's right. One, yeah. You know, and so, you know, you don't get off cheap on even on the basic one, but it's just it's just a neat watch to have in your collection. Because anytime I throw it on, somebody always says, "Oh, that's pretty cool. What is that?" Because no one has ever seen one, and they're 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 large. Was it forty six millimeter, forty five? That's that's right. They're forty five millimeter. And uh, yeah. to take it one step further, because I don't think I've ever seen a better networker than Randy. I mean, he's friends yeah. with everyday people. He's he's friends with people who belong in a fucking loony bin. He's friends. With oh, people. yeah. He's, 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 he's homeless. <laughs> homeless people. Drug addicts. And, but, and he's friends with, like, you know, some of the most important people in the world um, who who are, who Randy is, a, like, almost like a confidant to. It's amazing. Yeah. It's amazing how you created that. And, Become uh, their priest. And, right. and you, you should literally teach that, Randy. That's a real gift. That's not something that um, you know, ju- that just anybody has, especially, you know, when you're in a service industry where you're, you know, where you're dealing with patrons and you're listening to their problems and you're filling their glass and having conversations and all that, that, you know, I mean, Randy's moved on since from the montage years ago. And, um, I mean, his, he's got such a loyal and passionate following that honestly, they're so lucky to have someone like you, Randy. Honestly, it's it's a real pleasure to to be able to deal with someone like you for so many years. And you, I, I don't know. Whenever I go and see you, I always, you know, what's nice is it feels like it feels like home when I see Randy. You know, 
And, and as you know, there's some people I just can't get rid of. No matter how I try, the bad penny, they just keep joining up, you know? I, I know. Because I'm, I'm nice, you know what, I'm nice to everybody, and maybe some people take it the wrong way, like we're best of, not you and I, but uh, that they think, you know, we're best of friends. And, you know, you're kind of a captive audience when you're working in a bar. You really can't go anywhere. People come in, duck for a little while. But uh, that also means, you know, when good people come in, you're lucky to have them there. So I just remember, I mean, I, could, I, I think we can talk about this because uh, it was so long ago. And I remember even when, when Randy introduced me to the owners of, like, uh, what is now Kashi Foods. Um, oh, yeah. yeah. And, and, you know, there are people like that that came to that bar. For them, it, it was like whenever they were in town, they had to come and see Randy. Yeah. And those and those were the kinds of people I enjoyed meeting because yeah. you could tell they weren't just like oh yeah we know Randy it was like no we know Randy you know like yeah, they're, they're very nice people yeah and and you know and also another guy that I think I met or maybe you knew um, what is the name of that gentleman from New York is it Mr Levin or Mr uh, Levy was it Mr Levy yes yeah. I mean I wonderful told, man. I sold him a Submariner no date for his son like three or four years ago. You yeah. know, like, th- again, that was like 12, 13 years ago. Like, we, yeah. I, met, I met those people, and there are some people that I met at the bar as Randy met at the bar, and Randy became so good at watch spotting that, you know, <laughs> he, 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 he even at those times would be like, you're wearing a blah, 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 blah. And I was like, thanks, Rand. What a great, you know. You set it up and I'll I'll really you know like it was, yeah it, it was awesome good teamwork huh we had fucking amazing teamwork and we had so many so many great nights that I just think that I mean like then when I went out to Vegas you know having learned uh, how to deal with people because I'll tell you something that's one thing I miss especially during this pandemic. I really miss connecting with people at a bar. I don't know about you. You've, you've done it yeah, for so no. long. Do you miss that? Yeah, no, I, I certainly do, you know, because it's, it's what, you know, it's natural to you, too. I mean, you would sit and, and it was just such an easy thing. No one ever felt like, you know, they were getting hustled, you know. It was just like, you know, you're having a drink and you're talking, you're talking about something you like, watches or whatever, right? It's just, it's just such a nice, even flow. And people come and sit at a bar because they want to relax and they're done with work for the day or maybe they're going through a divorce or they're, you know, who the hell knows. Right. And it's just nice to sit there and talk about something they might want to talk about. Right. So. Absolutely. You know? And I, I even remember one night, I, I, I don't want to say who it is specifically, but there was uh, I got into an altercation with an eighties band member, <laughs> uh, um, which Randy and I, I, they're one of our favorite bands. Yeah. And, and, um, they're a pretty fucking big band. I mean, they're not like you've definitely yeah. heard, you've definitely heard of them. Uh-huh. And I just remember um, being there because I was like a staple. I was like a fixture of that bar. Like mm-hmm. as much as the couch that was there, I was a fixture. <laughs> and and I just remember one night I recognized, I thought I recognized this this guy who was in this famous band, and I thought he was a, a specific person within the band, and I happened to be wrong. And he was like, you fucking idiot. You think I'm this guy? 
And I'm uh-huh. like, yeah. wait. Yeah, sorry, you... sorry, I thought you were the guitar player. You're the drummer. Big deal. Sorry. <laughs> you know? So you're upset that I thought you were more famous than you are? <laughs> yeah. Like, what the fuck? And mind um, you, we're fans, we're fans of this band. We are. And we're, we're, we were huge fans of this band. And yeah. it was almost like Randy had to be like, all right, guys, you need to go. <laughs> And, 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 but I still stuck around with Randy. Like it was great. Like, I, I would stick around with Randy till he closed the bar almost every night. And we had such a good time together. I mean, yeah, what do you think it was Randy? Like at that time, the good, just a good synergy of, of everything. You know, we had good music playing, which is, I think actually the key to a good bar is good music. Absolutely. You know, that's, that's, to me, that's like, that's a big part of it. And uh, I don't know. I had a good way of like sort of strategically placing characters in the bar, you know, like I would, I would text people and say, listen, come in, you know, and I'd get like a, like a cast in there almost. And not every, and believe me, they're, these are very different people. You know, you, like Thomas said, there's, there was billionaires, there was con artists, there was lawyers, there was, you know, hookers. Yeah. It's Beverly Hills. You're going to get, you're going to get every, every walk of life in there that thinks, you know, they need to be in Beverly Hills where the action is. But if you, you know, you picked everybody up and shook them, you know, maybe the silverware from the hotel would come out of their pockets, you know, <laughs> except, for, except for a few, right? So, you know, you get you get enough of those kind of people together. and it's, it's an odd mix, but it's also kind of a cool mix because there's just such different shared experiences, you know? You have some guy who's got his own airplane and some guy whose car won't start, <laughs> you know? That's that's literally, you couldn't have said it better. Um, yeah. And, and the guy that can't get his car started would probably become friends with the guy that had the plane. Yeah. And then, you know what I mean? And, yeah. and they would become fast friends, and he never had to worry about getting around now because he had a fucking plane at his, at his <laughs> um, yeah. and And then, you know, you had all these incredible restaurants around us. Like, you had Mastro's, oh, yeah. you had, sure. had Bouchon, and, and Spago. And Spago, and the, all these places, uh, when they got out of work, they went to that bar. So, yeah. And and Randy was kind of the pilot of that bar, and he had all these interesting people. You had the locals crowd that came out after ten. Yeah. You had the professionals that came beforehand that just wanted to drink after dinner or before dinner. And somehow, I don't know how we made it work. I mean, I remember meeting Stanley Tucci at your bar. Oh and, yeah, that's right. And he was being nominated for an Oscar for best uh-huh. supporting actor at that time. And I just, we were within a few feet of each other, and I just said to him, I'm, I'm such a huge fan, and I have so much respect for your work. And he gave me a huge hug, you know. Yeah, nice, lovely and man, yeah, wonderful Such guy. a nice person, such a yeah. good human being. And I also remember, you know, like, um, I don't know if I ever told you this story, Rand, but I, 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 I've always been into the law of attraction, and I've always been into meditation. And mm-hmm. I, I remember when I was, living in Beverly Hills with Micah, um, who graciously put up with me and put me up. Um, I remember at that time, I was really into the law of attraction. And because the montage was such a great place, and I was actually kind of friendly with the owners, the Firstman family, you know, and um, I just remember, you know, one night being on my laptop, because I always had my laptop bag with me. I always had my laptop with me, because I also, at that time, started a watch blog under a different name. And I just remember one night I was like at Micah's house and I was on the couch and I was like, you know, what would be really cool is if I, if I, if I could meet Meryl Streep, like, and I was like looking at her Wikipedia page and I was like, 
thinking about meeting her and I was visualizing meeting her and I just, I don't know, somehow just having this, like, she came up very strongly and the next day I was sitting in the, uh, in the tea room, which is now mm-hmm. where the, which is now where the bar actually is located. And, mm-hmm. and, um, I was, there was a woman who ran that bar. I think she was Eastern European woman and she was such a nice lady. She liked me so much. She always pinched my cheeks and was like, you're just like family. Like, and she always got me the best seat in the house. And I just like, I was having a cup of tea and I just remember I heard this voice behind me and I looked behind me and it's Meryl Streep. And Mm -hmm. I was like, Oh my God, this shit really works. You know, and I just (laughs) remember saying to Meryl Streep, even at that time, like I'm a huge fan and she gave me a hug and she, she was just, she couldn't have been nicer. Like, I just remember at that time, even though that was probably like economically for me, probably my hardest times because my family and I had lost everything and I, I couldn't really spend much money. I was, the, the irony is, is that I was networking every night in one of the most expensive places in the world. And I never, I, because of people like Randy and other people who work there, who always embraced me and made me feel like family, I never worried about anything. And I, I, I maybe don't tell you this enough, Randy, but if it, were, if it weren't for you, um, it, honestly, I don't know how I would have gotten through that time, you know. And uh, you, made it really, you made it really easy for me, and you were a huge support for me. Oh, we never stopped laughing either. No, I mean we. I mean I don't think I've ever. I've, I don't think I've ever seen as many toupees as I saw. <laughs> and the, between Mastros and your bar, I don't think I've ever seen as many rugs as I've seen in that situation. <laughs> um, Randy, what would you say now? Like, I mean, now you've seen the watch business. You've 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 seen it from so many different sides now, uh, as a consumer, as someone who, who helps people buy them as someone who reads about them, as someone who's, you know, just interested in watches. How would you say that the industry has changed since the time when I met you? I think it's become more competitive. Like there's a lot of people, a lot of people are into watches now. You know, I I think it just seems like a lot more people want to buy them, want to sell them. Uh, I think that, uh, I mean, the Rolex thing has really changed the watch world to me, you know. That, that seems to stick in my head because, you know, you can find – there's other – obviously, there's other watches, that certain APs that you can't get that each boutique might get one. So you're not going to be able to get that. And it's, it's the same sort of, you know, problem you have with Rolexes, you know. So I, I don't know. I just – it's maybe with the Internet, that's really changed it a lot. Like, you know, like you said earlier, people can just go on, look and see what a price is for something, and they can hunt it down and find it. Um, yeah. So, uh, you get you know, you get a lot more knowledge these days. People seem to know more. Yeah, I mean, I, I think now everybody's an expert, right? Like now, <laughs> you, you don't need uh, you don't need to go through training or school or experience. If you if you read something and you can remember it, you're an expert. Um, and <laughs> fake it, yeah, you right. can, which a lot of people in that bar did on many different. Yeah. Oh many, yeah, yeah, yeah. On many different topics, but it was cool. Yeah. Like even at that time, I mean, I was hanging. I remember. There's somebody who is a producer of a very famous show, one of my favorite shows of all time. And I would sit, not every night, but a couple of nights, maybe in a month, next to the brother of this guy. And, you know, he was, I didn't know who he was. But at that time, that specific show was the hottest show on TV. 
Yeah. And, yeah. and it was amazing. You know, like we just two regular guys shooting the shit, talking, and it didn't matter oh, yeah. if, if he had money and I didn't. Uh, you know, like I took the bus in. Most people took Ferraris and Lamborghinis in there. And <laughs> it was just an amazing, it was such a dichotomy. If you think about it, there, it was such a polarity, but in no way did I ever feel less than because I had the reinforcement of people like you and, and other people in my corner that were just so supportive. Yeah, and Everybody sort of became even in the room, you know, it's just like, you know, just behave yourself and, you know, don't act like a jerk. Everybody was treated nicely. Absolutely. And Randy, what would you say now that you've, you know, on, like now that you've worked with me um, professionally, how would you convey that experience uh, to people who are just wondering, you know, who, who are afraid to dip their toe, A, into buying a nice watch, and B, who have heard of me but maybe haven't dealt with me before? Well, I would say uh, the, the deal you and I did couldn't have been smoother, right? I mean, you, you helped me. You, you know, I was looking for something, but you helped me find something. It was a little bit. A little bit better than what I had originally was looking for. You found me something that was even cooler, and it wasn't like a you know, a, you know, much more expensive or anything like that. It was just like, oh, I, I can, I have a way to get you this one. So, and uh, what was it? It was a couple. It was a couple of texts, a phone call, a wire, and then the thing showed up at FedEx the next day. You know, it was very, it was very good. It was, it was perfect. You know. Yeah, and, I, I was touched that Randy came to me because you know Randy now is in the in the business himself. And uh, it's not a brand as well that you can just find anywhere. Yeah, um, and I, honestly, quite honestly, I didn't know much about uh, cause just I'll give you the whole little backstory. The watch was for my, my doctor's husband. She said, I want to I get, get my husband this watch. And so, I, and of course, I said, well, what are you looking for? I said, you know, you, you want something that he can give to his kids, you want, you know, to your son or whatever. And she originally had been looking at a, a, a Patek Calatrava. Right. And, you know, and then she said, she goes, well, let me talk to him. And then he came with this very specific uh, brand. And I was like, well, I really don't know much about it. Let me ask Amit, which is exactly, you know, when you don't know something, you should go to somebody who does know. And you're like, oh, it's an awesome brand. Yeah, it's very small. The movements are incredible. So underrated. And, uh, you know, I was like, all right. Then I, you know, I read about it and I got schooled on it myself. And, uh, you know, we made it happen. It was, it was really, you couldn't, couldn't have asked for a better transaction because, like I, I didn't know what it was, and then you made it all happen. It happened very quickly. So, yeah, that's awesome. Well, we can say yeah. the name. It's Nomos Glasuda yeah. Watch. Yeah. Um, who I also uh, I was I was really uh, blessed to you know interview the vice president of Nomos Glasuda in 2016 in New York at the Archer Hotel um, with the son of the owner. It's a German brand. For those of you who've never heard of it, definitely check it out. It's one of my favorite brands under the you know for the three to five thousand dollar price point um it's not a brand that is mass produced and it's one of the few brands or only brands that i know of that's actually designed by women um so there is that german minimalist uh bauhaus mm. design but there's also that um emotional side that you get from that watch because it is designed by a woman so it's pretty cool super clean too super just clean stark looking uh you know, actually much better looking in person when I, when I got it. I was like, wow, this is, this is beautiful. So, I, was yeah. real, I, I was super happy, Rand, that you, uh, you know, that you worked with me on that. And I appreciate the opportunity. And I think yeah. that now even like, you know, sometimes Randy and I, we don't speak every day, but Randy and I will, when we do speak, it's always great. And we, we always, you know, somehow 
shoot the shit about the old times, watches, and whatever else is going on at the moment. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. That's right. It's it's really nice, and I appreciate Randy, uh, you taking the time out today to do this. And uh, as always, I look forward to speaking to you real soon, and I'm sure uh, we always have a laugh. So thank you. Hey, my pleasure. Thanks for asking. Well, there we have it, folks. That was my one-on-one conversation with good friend, colleague, and fellow watch enthusiast, Randy March. I want to thank Randy for his time. If you want to check out my website, please go to www.amitdevhonda.com. You can always email me with questions at amitdevhonda at gmail.com. And until next time, rock on, fly back, and stay happy.